welcome to Men's Roundtable. Glad you're joining us this morning. Hope you're live streaming with us. Uh, I've got to tell you, it is amazing to be here in the C Spire training room with Jeff and Jeff and Phil and all of Jeff's equipment. Yay, we love it! We Yay! I'm not sure that uh, we're going to be able to return to C Spire because half the room is filled with equipment to do live streaming. Jeff has found that, uh, and yeah, by the way, I've got a new microphone, so I'm just going to use, use this one to hold it in my hands uh, because I'm technologically challenged. But Jeff has, Jeff has found a way to uh, navigate around all of the existing hardware that we had to uh, live stream to a more reliable system. And he, he put in a request this morning to uh, Forrest for redundancy in the system to be sure that we don't have any more failures or skips in the live streaming. So I hope, uh, I hope we're, we're successfully doing the live stream and not being just recorded and aired later in the day. But guys, what an interesting time we're living in as uh, we continue in the, in the series of Into the Wilderness. I said last week we're not into the wilderness, we're in the wilderness and we been there and will remain there until we return back here in the training room and all of the men are, are here joining joining us uh, live on Thursday mornings. Thank you, C Spire. Thank you, Jeff and Jeff. And thank you, Chris, for doing the handout. If you don't have the handout printed out, look right above uh, on the on the webpage and you'll find a link there. Click it, uh, download the uh, handout, and follow along as Phil goes in the program this morning. Guys, uh, we are in uncertain times but we have a very certain God, the Father, and His Son, who died on the cross for us. In a time of uncertainty, that is one thing I know I can trust, one thing I put my faith in. But I wonder if you're like me. Have you found yourself going through the motions where we're just going through the motions and not really trusting in God? Oh, He's there. Kind of got Him on the shelf, and I'll call Him down when I need Him. But right now, I got it, God. We're in the motion. We're just kind of going through. We're doing what the government tells us, doing what TV and media tells us to do, wearing our mask, staying physically distant, going to the grocery store when we have to get groceries, returning to work, working a few days a week, sitting at home, playing on the computer, doing yard work, just going through life in the motions. But that's not really doing life. I'm guilty of it myself. Where's God in all of this? He's right there with us. Do you see him? Do you welcome him into your heart? Do you make room for him? Or is the day's busyness pushing him out? Let me invite him with us now. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity of gathering here. We thank you for the men and those that are watching live and those who will watch the recorded message. We thank you so much for the technology. We thank you for Jeff and Jeff and the tireless efforts that they put into producing this every week. Thank you for Chris as he does the handout every week with no backup, no redundancy, relying on him. Lord, thank you so much for Phil and the message that he brings. May you bless those men that receive this and allow it to touch their hearts. In your son's name we pray. Amen.
Thank you, Joe. Good morning, um, men and ladies uh, that may be watching. Uh, it is a um, it is a joy of remembrance uh, to be in this room. Uh, I remember a time when it was full of men. Now, uh, I'm losing that memory as the weeks go on. It's harder to see your faces in my mind's eye. So uh, I, I look forward to the time that we can all uh, be together. But certainly uh, glad that you have um, joined us this morning. Um, this is a time that is easy to be passive. Um, I, I had a um, conversation in my office uh, this week, and uh, uh, the conversation was about the 25 pounds that uh, my friend had lost, as opposed to the 25 pounds that many of us have gained, uh, that this time of pandemic would be easy uh, to be passive, uh, to be stuck, and to put on those 25 pounds. But he had taken action, and he was happy to report that he had lost 25 pounds. And I, and I, and I just thought, you know, <clears throat> it's a lot like the message that we're going to look at uh, this morning, the call to action, um, to care, to serve. And Matthew West uh, has a song that um, I had never heard um, until I did a little research, and uh, I am excited to play it for you. Uh, the words, some of the words at the beginning of the song, do something. I woke up this morning, saw a world full of trouble now. I thought, how'd we ever get so far down? And how's it ever going to turn around? So I turned my eyes to heaven, and I thought, God, why don't you do something? Well, I just couldn't bear the thought of people living in poverty, children sold into slavery. The thought, of disgust, the thought disgusted me. So I shook my fist at heaven, and I said, God, why don't you do something? And he said, I did, yeah. I created you. May you hear the voice of God do something. I woke up this morning, saw a world full of trouble. Now I thought, how do we ever get so far down? And how's it ever going to turn around? So I turned my eyes to heaven. I thought, God, why don't you do something? Well, I just couldn't bear the thought of people living in poverty, children sold into slavery. The thought disgusted me, so I shook my fist at heaven. I said, God, why don't you do something? He said, I did.
on the alert, stand firm in your faith, act like men, be strong. Words from 1 Corinthians 16, 13, as we uh, continue our series, Into the Wilderness, understanding and embracing the dark times of your life, follow with me on your notes as we read the introductory paragraph. Words translated as wilderness occur nearly 300 times in the Bible. Wilderness seasons are brutal, but God is powerfully at work in the wilderness seasons of our lives. I believe that. He is powerfully at work even now. The only question is, do we have eyes to see, or for that matter, ears to hear? In order for God to give us the choice whether or not to trust Him, He must present us with a moment of crisis. You know, it's interesting. Every time I've read that phrase, there's, there is a uh, sadness in my heart because it's so true. But isn't it sad that that is true? Let me read that uh, again. He must present us with a moment of crisis. Really? Yeah, afraid so, because the gravitational pull is not for us to trust God. The gravitational pull uh, is for us to be self-sufficient and to try to be God ourselves and be on our own. 
So since he wants us to seek help from him, he brings us through the wilderness to remove all other help first. When we're in a wilderness season, it's easy to lose sight of God's protection, provision, and preparation. We might even wonder, how can I trust God's goodness when I'm in this desolate place? But remember Jesus. He went through the ultimate wilderness, the desolation and humiliation of dying under the curse of God. If that is the measure of God's love and commitment to us, then we can trust him in our own wilderness seasons. Let's journey together. He will bring us through. So this morning, we're looking at um, call to care. Last week, we took a 30,000-foot view of the book of Leviticus. We went through the whole book of Leviticus uh, in one session. And today, we're going to look at numbers. And um, we're going to hang out in in numbers for the next uh, couple of three weeks or so. Such a rich book. But the whole idea of numbers is the idea of a calling to care or a call to action, a call to serve. So... Pick up your pen, let's go to work, let's get intentional and deliberate. First question I have for you um, is, who are you committed to care for? When I leave here this morning, uh, I have the uh, honor of going over to Vertical Church with our good friend Ben Derrick, and Ben has asked me to uh, tape uh, the uh, Father's Day uh, service a week from Sunday, and so you can tune into Vertical Church's church service, and I'll be the uh, speaker uh, on Sunday morning um, on fathers. And um, so much of what it means to be committed as a father is um, committed to our kids, committed to um, to grow, to heal, um, to give, to serve. Who are you committed to? Uh, I assure you uh, that the uh, um, availability to care for another person is right in front of you. I mean, it's kind of like the old joke about the truck, the boat, and the helicopter. You know, the guy kept waiting on God to save him, and all the saving was right in his front yard, truck, boat, helicopter. Um, And it's like we don't have to look a long ways. But if we don't look, if we don't see with the eyes of our heart, God will and does hold us accountable. And that's the story of numbers. So who are you caring for? I'd write that down. Secondly, what are your most consistent acts of service? What are your most consistent acts of service? Tell me the story of how you've cared for someone and what that looks like. How you've cared for your wife. Carla and I celebrated our 38th wedding anniversary. I hear that applause for Carla. I hear it. I hear it. I hear it. I hear it. Uh, She survived 38 years. And she told me on our way to uh, Fishers in Orange Beach, she looked at me and she said, I'll give you one more year. I'll give you one more year. <laughs> so I was relieved. I was relieved. But, I, but you know, I'm happy to report that when we got in the car, and, and Fisher's is about a 45-minute drive from, from our house, 
uh, over in Orange Beach. And I said, I've got something I'd like to say to you. And the best way that I know to say it is through a song. And I had put together a, uh, I don't know, 12 or 15 song playlist. And all the way to Fishers, we listen to our favorite songs through the years. And guys, I'm telling you, I had her crying the whole way. I mean, she was a mess when we got to, got to Fishers for dinner. Uh, I kind of got that right. Um, uh, we, we had a great time. But consistent acts of service, I'd give you a hint on this. I, I mean, you write down whatever comes to your mind, God brings to your mind. But I'd give you three words on this. Listen, validate, and empathize. Such an act of service. We need to listen more. Of course, all the things going on in our country, we need to listen, really listen to men and women's stories to validate, respect, really value another person's experience that's very different than ours. Validate that. Um, And then do the best we can to empathize, which means to put ourselves in their shoes and you know, there's so many experiences that other people have that I have no clue. I've never been through what they've been through. But we can work to put ourselves in their shoes. It's an act of service. And then finally, third question, who do you know that's in the wilderness now? And we all are. And as Joe said so well in his introduction, God's working. God is working be ready for what he wants to do in you and even through you. So, call to care, the book of Numbers. Um, turn over to Numbers chapter 14. Three passages that kind of kept, uh, uh, that capture the essence um, of Numbers. Numbers um, 14. God had told the children of Israel to follow him. And all through the wilderness, he's teaching dependence. I want you to depend on me. I want you to obey me. Um, I want you to uh, 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 be loyal and bring your best game to the table for me. And I want you to see in verse uh, 20 through 23 in chapter 14, what God says in, in reference to the people's behavior, God said, I forgive them honoring your words because Moses had cried out that God would forgive them for their wrongdoing. And he said, God says, I, I, I do forgive them honoring your words, but as I live and as the glory of God fills the whole earth, not a single person of those who saw my glory and so much of the glory was coming through the Red Sea, saw the miracle signs I did in Egypt and the wilderness, and who have tested me over and over and over again, turning a deaf ear to me. And if you underline or you uh, highlight, you need to uh, highlight turning a deaf ear to me, no longer listening. Not one of them will set eyes on the land I so solemnly promised to their ancestors No one who has treated me with such repeated contempt will see it. Contempt. 
You know what contempt is? Now, uh, in my counseling practice, I see contempt a lot. Uh, that is a feeling and that is an, an emotion that a, that a uh, husband or wife will often feel. And, and, and contempt uh, works this way. If I said, I love you, Carla, I love you, and that was uh, on the heels of me uh, disrespecting her, using words or language um, that would be uh, hurtful and harmful to her well-being, and then I just simply say, you know, I love you. What is she going to feel? She's naturally going to feel contempt. Contempt is, is like you, you're saying that you love me, but it's so incongruent. I can't trust that. And it just naturally elicits contempt. It would be, again, like Carla and I have had a big argument. I've said some things that I should have never have said. And I go to Winn-Dixie, which is not far from our house in Fairhope, and I grab the flowers that by 10 o'clock will probably be in the dumpster because they're kind of wilted, but they're on special. They're $3 for a bundle. And I grab those flowers, and I come back to the house, and when Carla gets up, I say, here, sweetheart, I've got you some flowers. And she's going to look at me, and she says, you know, after what you said to me last night, you think those flowers, especially those flowers, are going to somehow take care of what you said to me? You can take those flowers and stick them where the sun don't shine. You know, something like that. That's contempt. And that's what God is saying because his people did not care. They disregarded what God had said. Turn over to chapter 20. Chapter 20. And, and this really stings because now God addresses Moses and Aaron specifically. And he says this, God said to Moses and Aaron, this is verse 12 of chapter 20, because you didn't trust me, didn't treat me with holy reverence in front of the people of Israel, you too aren't going to lead this company into the land that I'm giving them. Moses and Aaron, even as the leaders, suffered the consequences of not caring for what God had said. They didn't respect what God said. And God was basically saying both to Moses and Aaron that the generation that crossed over the Red Sea is going to have to die out and a whole new generation will, will be raised up and they will be the ones that will cross over into the promised land that I promised because of the unbelief that you have displayed before me. God is calling them to serve a call to action a call to engage, a call to be deliberate and intentional. God's serious. He means business. And then finally, look over at chapter 27. God continues with this theme. And, you know, when I read this, this had to be difficult. This is like you know, a head football coach having to usher in the new coach. I mean, usually, my understanding is when the, when the old coach gets fired, he's already gone. He, you know, he packed up his office, cardboard boxes, or have uh, been in his truck, and he's, he's left several days before the new coach gets there. Well, in this passage, God assigns Moses the um, uh, assignment 
of ushering in the new head coach. Now that would be hard. Listen to this. Verse 18, God said to Moses, take Joshua, the son of Nun, the spirit is in him, and place your hand on him. Now again, Joshua is a type of Christ. He's like the model of Jesus. It's like Moses stepped aside, and they're go- uh, it's, it's like Moses, in a sense, is a type of John the Baptist. He, he ushers in the Jesus, the Joshua. Stand him before Eleazar, the priest, in front of the entire congregation, and commission him with everyone watching. Pass your magisterial authority over to him so that the whole congregation of the people of Israel will listen obediently to him. Will listen obediently to him. Will listen. Will listen. He is to consult with Eleazar, the priest, who using the oracle Urim will prayerfully advise him in the presence of God. And he... And he will command the people of Israel, the entire community, in all their comings and goings. Joshua, Moses, not you, will be the new head coach. And he will lead us to the national championship. It's that kind of idea in contemporary terms. It had to be painful for Moses. Call to care. Call to care. Gentlemen, we are called to care, we are called to serve, we are called to action, and that's the richness, that's the richness of the book of Numbers. Give a care. Every Christian, every man is charged with a mission to care. We cut ourselves off from God's blessing through unbelief and not caring. I want you to turn over to the book of Galatians chapter 5. In Galatians chapter 5, again, you know, the Apostle Paul is writing to a group of um, Christians that have lost their way. Rather than really obeying God, now they're trying to go back to their Jewish ritual. And somehow, as, as Paul writes in chapter 3, having begun by faith, they're now trying to be perfected by the flesh. And so Paul says this in chapter 5, verse 7, You were running superbly. <laughs> Things are going pretty good there for a while. Who cut in on you, deflecting you from the true course of obedience. What what are you doing? This detour doesn't come from the one who called you into the race in the first place. And please don't toss this off as insignificant. It only takes a minute amount of yeast, you know, to permeate an entire loaf of bread. Deep down, the master has given me confidence that you will not defect, but the one who is upsetting you, whoever he is, will bear the divine judgment. Who are you listening to? I mean, it really rings so true with me in, in Genesis when, when the fall happened. And the first question God asked Adam and Eve is, where are you? And, and then he had this conversation uh, Adam did with God. You know, I was afraid. I hid myself, fig leaves and all that. Uh, he, he, he continues on. In the second question God asked them, he said, 
Who told you that? Who told you that? Who are you listening to? I tell you guys, I hear voices. Do you hear voices? I hear voices all the time. Um, and, it, and I have to work really hard to tune out the craziness in my head. You know, the voice of the, of the news media, the voice of Facebook, uh, the voice of just, you know, people that I talk to all the time, the crazy voices that I hear in my office. I mean, some of these people that come in my office are crazy, you know, and it's just like I've got to tune in to the FM dial of God and quit listening to this AM static in my head. Who are you listening to? But the bottom line is when I listen, do I really care? Do I give a care? And guys, children of Israel, they were in danger because they were so passive. They were whiners. They were belly achers. They were complainers. They were blamers. They were criticizers. And this passivity is, is critical and God calls them out in the book of Numbers. What he's calling them to is discipline, is discipline. Now, I want you to turn over to Hebrews chapter 3. And again, Hebrews chapter 3, even in the New Testament, this whole episode with Moses is mentioned. Look at verses 15 through 19, Hebrews uh, chapter 3 says this, for who were the people who turned a deaf ear? Who, who were those guys that quit listening? Weren't they the very ones Moses led out of Egypt? I mean, if you had gone through the Red Sea and seen the power of God, wouldn't you be really, really attuned to God? No. And who was God provoked with for 40 years? Wasn't it those who turned a deaf ear and ended up corpses in the wilderness? And when he swore that they'd never get where they were going, wasn't he talking to the ones who turned a deaf ear? The ones who turned a deaf ear. Guys, I, I, I have a sense of, as I'm standing up here this morning, feeling a sense of weakness in my knees, that I would somehow be deaf to the voice of God in my heart. I mean, that, it, it, it scares me that God would be speaking to me in this season of being in the wilderness, and I would miss it. And one day I would get to heaven, and God said, you know, I tried to, I tried to get your attention, and you didn't listen. They never got there because they never listened, never believed. They never got there. May that never be said about you or me that we never got where we wanted to go. Not because we didn't have the ability to walk there. Not, not because we didn't have the resources to get there. But because we quit listening. We didn't really give a care. We quit caring. We quit caring. This, uh, the idea of numbers in the shadow of the other books of the Torah. In Genesis, we see man ruined. In Exodus, man is redeemed. In Leviticus that we looked at last week, man is worshiping. But in Numbers, man is serving. 
I mean, the book of Numbers is so full of just great Bible stories. Some of the great Bible stories that you and I have heard in church and Sunday school and, and told our kids and read the Bible stories comes right out of the book of Numbers. It's just a great book of drama and service and service and service. So, so many more stories in the book of Numbers in some ways than in the other books of the Torah. The summary of Numbers is the idea of a history. It is so tragic um, to see what is happening with history um, in our country. Definitely some things need to be changed, no doubt about it. We need to listen more uh, and, and be more compassionate and empathetic to people uh, who have been uh, disrespected and devalued. But it's like when you start rewriting history books rather than telling the truth and somehow you're trying to remove history i mean let's tell the story because that's so much of what numbers is is history and so much of, of the point of numbers is the warning against doing the same old thing guys god said your mom and dad didn't believe and so we're going to give an, another generation a chance but when you keep repeating generation after generation after generation the same thing, and I pray that uh, our generation uh, will help our children and our grandchildren to right the wrongs that our generation has, have never written, that we kept doing the same old thing. And that's exactly what God was calling out um, the children of Israel for. But all through that, as much as God was angry and holding them accountable, his faithfulness never wavered. Time and time again, God showed up even to unfaithful people. He wrote his covenant. He gave his covenant. And in giving his covenant that we looked at a few weeks ago, the response to God's covenant, will you pledge to follow me? And the response is, I do. I do pledge. He gave the Ten Commandments and the way to worship Him. What's the response to that? I receive from your hand that which you've given us to be obedient to you. And then finally, the third part of the covenant in a, in a healthy response is I will. I will execute. I will care. I will give a care. I will be action-oriented. I will not be passive. I will serve. Because, guys, this final plan was missed, or this, this plan was missed by a whole generation. I don't want to miss the plan. I, uh, every morning in my quiet time now, I've been going through this process of journaling. And one of the pieces that I work with in my journal every morning is what I see happening in my future. And, and, and what I typically write about my future is, God, I want to be faithful today because I don't want to miss anything that you have for me over there. I think you've got great adventures for me. I don't think my best days are over there behind me. I think, even at this stage in my life, that my best days are still ahead of me. I don't want to miss it. And the children of Israel missed it. The book of Numbers instructs us in that way. I want to show you a, a, a clip, again, out of, the, out of the Band of Brothers. And this is a powerful clip. And 
I want you to kind of uh, 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 scoot up, as we say in East Tennessee, just scoot up uh, to your screen there just a little closer. It's a three-minute clip. One of the soldiers of Easy Company goes in to pick up laundry from one of the village ladies. That Even in the midst of war, um, the village lady's trying to feed her family, and she's got a little laundry business, and he goes in to get his laundry. But something powerful happens, and I think it illustrates this idea of caring for others, serving others, even giving your life for others. Watch this. Hello. <clears throat> Hello. Oh. Good morning, Miss Lamb. Um, sorry to bother you so early. That's all right. Uh, Private Malarkey. Come in. Actually, it's Sergeant Malarkey now, ma'am. I just got promoted. Oh, lovely. I expect you'll be wanting your laundry. I heard the trucks rumbling by all night. I guess the Yanks must be on their way off again. Yes, ma'am. Looks like for good this time. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, two shirts, two pairs of trousers, light starch, two bobble tops. Would you uh, like a cup of tea? I've got the water boiling. No, no, thank you. I'm in a hell of a bit of a hurry. But uh, thank you anyway. Oh, um, private? Yes, ma'am. Lieutenant Meehan's one of yours, isn't he? I hope he hasn't forgotten his laundry. I'll take it. Thank you. You, um, you couldn't be a dear help me with a few others, could you? Uh, let's see. Sergeant Evans, Private Moyer, Blozer, Gray. Miller, Owen, Collins, Elliot, Blythe. So powerful and so subtle. Um, he just went in to get his laundry. And uh, the little lady uh, asked him if he can help her get the packages out. And she starts naming the names. And you can tell just in the subtlety that he realizes that the reason those packages are still on the shelf is because those men are dead. And she doesn't, he doesn't want to upset her. She doesn't need to know that. He knows that. And so he just takes the packages. When, when I watch that scene, um, I can't help but think of Jesus' words that, say, that, that says, greater love, um, uh, uh, no, no greater love is there than a, a, a friend lay his life down for another friend or a man lay his life down for a friend. Guys, that's what the book of Numbers in the wilderness is about. 
is men and women sacrificing for one another in obedience to God, caring for one another, not being selfish, self-centered. That's what we're called to. We're called to serve the book of Numbers, story after story of just service or lack of it. So I want to leave you with, with three things to care about another. This idea of caring about another is, first of all, we are invited into slavery <laughs> every day. And there's so much uh, talk about this idea of slavery, and yet the Scripture is uh, uh, not hesitant to call us into slavery every, every day, a slave to Jesus. Look at what the Apostle Paul says in Galatians chapter 1. Apostle Paul says this, Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. Do you think I speak this strongly in order to manipulate crowds? Again, the strength of Paul's words is like the strength of God's word in the book of Numbers. Or count favor with God, like I'm, I'm just trying to kiss up to God? Or get popular applause? <laughs> that certainly wouldn't, wasn't working. If my goal was popularity, I wouldn't bother being Christ's slave. I'm a slave to Jesus. I don't bow the knee to any man but Jesus. That's who my loyalty is to. Know this, I am most emphatic here, friends. This great message I delivered to you is not mere human optimism. I didn't receive it through the traditions, and I wasn't taught it in some school. I got it straight from God, received the message directly from Jesus Christ. Paul had a unique calling and a unique conversion. Jesus appeared to him. We hear the words of Jesus through his word. Scripture is very clear that we're to be a slave to him and serve God's uh, children, his citizens, Matthew 20. I won't take the time to read that, but it's just service. And, and again, if we really want to serve, we, we have got to do the work of worship. And that is where we bow our knee that we spend time on our knees, that the heart of our fallenness is a refusal to honor God as God or to show proper gratitude to Him with praise and thanksgiving. It's an act of worship. We are to worship. And then, as I've suggested all through this, that the book of Numbers calls us to awareness calls us to how God really was serious about being committed to him. God has put you where you are. We are all in this together and uniquely where we are. As the old saying goes, everywhere you go, there you are. It's like where are you? And what I mean by that is look around and see the need. There's people that need to hear from you in your life right now, whether it be your family or just a friend. 
the widow across the street, up the street, across town that needs some help. A man who's really hurting. Do we really see? Do we really hear the need? I want to ask you to do three things. Um, I want to invite you to use social media to stay connected and invite men into this community. Uh, Jeff and Jeff and the other guys on our team have done a great job of continuing to allow us to, 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 to get the, um, our men's roundtable out uh, every Thursday morning. I want you to hit this, follow Jeff's instructions. He's sending out instructions and spread the word. Use social media for a source of getting God's word out to other men. Tell them about it. We're still doing it. I know a number of you are meeting in conference rooms and watching it together. Um, And I say good morning to Dobby and Ricky and Scott. And I know you guys are huddled in Dobby's conference room. And that's great. I hope you'll continue to do that. Secondly, number two, I would invite you to meet the physical needs of those around you. Again, begin to look for how you can be of help uh, to somebody. Physical needs. And then number three, that you would just offer hope to those who come in contact with. Be ready. Be on the alert. Be strong in your faith. Act like a man. Be strong and, and, and know that we're in the wilderness together. And when God brings somebody your way, don't miss the opportunity to give them hope. You know, God's working in this. He's going to bring us through because, man, I guarantee there are lots of people who are scared, uh, who have really bought in uh, to fear, and they're feeding off fear, and they need to see somebody like you that has hope. And we're not blind uh, to all the craziness and chaos going around us, but we can bring order into a person's life by speaking the gospel into their life. God wins. That's how this thing ends. God wins. I want to close with just words to the song again. Words to the song. If not us, then who? If not me and you. Right now, it's time for us to do something. Yes, it is. Come on. If not now, then when? Will we see an end to all this pain? Well, it's not enough. It's not enough to do nothing. It's time for us to do something. It's a call to action. It's a call to care. May you hear the voice of God. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you so much for your word. May we continue to hear your voice in our head today on an FM frequency, clear and crisp. And as Eric Lytle said, as he ran, may we run and feel your presence today. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
stop growing 